Hey, uh, today's talk is called Respect, Not Fear. So I'm going to tell you the metaphysical meaning of fear. Looked it up. Fear, painful emotion marked by alarm, dread, disquiet. That's the Webster version. Now, fear is one of the most subtle and destructive errors that the carnal mind in man experiences. Fear is a, a paralyzer of mental action. It weakens both mind and body. Fear throws dust in our eyes and hides the, the mighty spiritual forces that are always with us. Blessed are those who deny ignorance and fear and affirm the presence and power of spirit. And uh, Mr. Fillmore here gives how to overcome fear. Fear is cast out by perfect love. To know divine love is to be selfless. And to be selfless is to be without fear. The God-conscious person is filled with quietness and confidence. So I, I have said for years that fear is a made-up thing. And fear is completely unnecessary. And I would fight you on that on certain days. I would fight myself on that, death, that meaning on, on, on specific days. But those other days, I know it to be true. Even when I'm afraid, I can tell myself there is no cause for fear. There is no place I should be afraid. And people have argued this statement with me for, uh, in many a class and many a conversation. Well, Sean, there are some things you just should be afraid of. You know, if a lion is coming toward you, you should be afraid and run. And I say, no, if a lion is coming toward you, you should respect that's a lion and get out of Dodge. You know, that's a, that's a bit, very different thing. People fear COVID. No, respect it. Wear your mask. Uh, stay out of groups where people are too close. Uh, that, that's respect for what is, that what is possible here. And have respect for the healing possibility in life. A lot of people I know are very afraid about outcomes. You know, they're coming up to... I know so many people, they're really panicked. They're terrified about the election results. Go in either direction. I know people who are very, and they've been spending months and months and months afraid. And it's like, do you know how many days you have uh, spoiled in your fear about November? And it's like, respect. Just respect that there will be an outcome in November of the election uh, for many, many candidates in different categories. But there, there will be an outcome. Your job, show up and vote. Encourage others to vote. And, and then it, it, it should be a fair outcome, one would hope, because people have spoken up. And that way, today, I can go to lunch. Today, I can do something I love to do, whatever that is. I don't care if it's just sit and watch TV. Today I can do, I can go serve others, I can help others, I can do things because I now have respect for today. I have respect for November 3rd and it's not even here yet, but I have respect for a process of the unfoldment of divine consciousness. See, if, if I am living in respect for what's possible in God, then I can put fear away because I, then I can realize, oh, fear doesn't mean anything in this situation. Fear is pointless. 
Fear is just a uh, distraction. That's really what it is. Fear is a distraction from my acknowledgement of my God self. What do you think of that? What do you think of when I, you know, and I could see it where I have used fear to distract myself from my God self. When I was in New York, I don't go into New York much anymore, but when I was and I'd have to walk the streets sometimes at night and I, I really created a big block between my conscious awareness of God and rats. I just, I just did. I, I couldn't seem to stop myself. I, I would talk to myself. I would walk the part of the street where I felt the safest, safest, like where there's light, less likely to be. You know, I, I, I got to the point where I couldn't walk back past a bag of garbage on the street. So I walked down the middle of the street and I've seen lots of dead rats in the middle of the street. I've seen more dead rats in the middle of the street than live ones. <laughs> I'm happy to tell you. But I, uh, who was it that just yesterday on Facebook, was it, well, I don't think that was you, Steve, was it? Somebody said that they, they saved a bunch of raccoons and rats. Oh, from a garbage dumpster. They were from being towed away in a garbage dumpster. Somebody had put a picture uh, of an open garbage dumpster. There had to be 20, 20, 20, 25 raccoons in it all looking up at the person that just brought in all this daylight. They're in a garbage dumpster eating away. And somebody said, yeah, the other day I saved three, three well, I forget what they call the raccoons, but the, three raccoons and like five rats from, from death by setting them free. And I thought, okay, see, that tells me there's no cause to be afraid of rats. There's nothing that I should be afraid of because many people are not afraid. I guess if it were something I should be afraid of, everyone would fear them. And, uh, and you know, not everyone fears an election. Not everyone fears walking down dark streets at night. Not everyone fears getting up in the morning. Not everyone fears singing in public, speaking in public. Not everyone fears, I don't think anything. And not everyone fears God. And there are those who genuinely fear God and they fear their spirituality. Now, part of that is some many of us were taught as children, fear the Lord your God rather than respect spiritual law, respect spiritual substance, respect yourself respect your body respect the teachings you know when you go to school respect the first day of school which means there are going to be lots of changes things are going to be new things are going to be unfamiliar respect that honor that and that way you can uh, appreciate it and enjoy it and honor it and imagine if we did that with change in general. We honored change knowing, oh, change brings about uh, butterflies in the stomach. Change brings about a new way to look at things that either were prepared for or were not prepared for. But there's no cause for fear in that. You know, to honor our birthday, 
and each other's birthday and our age in, in many ways. I hear so many people complain about their age. Oh, I'm this age. And I say, there is an alternative to that. Uh, nobody ever wants that alternative. I haven't found that. When I say, well, what's the alternative to being 70? And it's to not have lived till you're 70. And say, oh, no, I don't want that. Then shut up is what I say. Quit blocking your mind from God. Pl quit blocking your mind from love. Quit blocking your mind. Quit giving meaning to things that have no meaning. Correct your misperceptions. And we can do it all the time. But instead of misperceiving our lives, we can correctly perceive them. But we'd have to want to. And how many of you want to? How many of you would like to correctly perceive or not perceive your life at all, but be in your life? How many of you want to be in and active and present in your life? Not trying to make your misery more manageable, but to know that anything you could declare as miserable is temporary and will be over in just a moment. I don't Oh, look at me snapping my finger. Thank you, Dr. Wayne Hogan. Uh, Wayne gave me that. I couldn't do that a few weeks ago. And, and so, to wake up. Wake up and say, oh, there is an alternative, isn't there? There's an alternative to all this stuff I've been dreading. And there's an opportunity to give thanks in all things. To give thanks. I, re I remember when I, I, you know, for most of us, I think, have uh, wondered what will be like when this person or that person in my life makes their transition. You know, especially somebody who's older than us. I, I certainly thought about it with my mother. And my mother went pretty fairly young, but I, uh, nevertheless, and one of the things I saw as, as one of the gifts I took away from my mother's transition is I never have to wonder again. Now I know what it feels like. And some days felt lovely and some days felt so hard and so uh, confusing. And, and I've never been the same since. But I know. Now I don't have to wonder. I don't have to dread it. I don't have to. Uh, a lot of life that happens, you see so much in life happens where we use it to prepare for the next time it might happen. And with my mother's transition, it's only going to happen once. As a friend of mine gave me that gift to explain that to me. This isn't something you're preparing for the next time it happens. This happened today. Pay attention. And that's what I tell anybody who, who loses somebody, that, not loses, but the, the, that someone they love and are very attached to transitions, I say pay attention to everything. What, what is easy and what is hard. Pay attention to it all. It's all a precious gift of life experience. And you will have that abundance of experience. And then one day you will pass it along to someone else uh, who, who needs your life experience in that. I remember one of the things I did the week of my mother's one, that funeral. I, I didn't drink anymore. I didn't smoke anymore. So first thing I did was get rid of all her cigarettes and, and alcohol in the house. No, nobody I knew needed it. Although my brother, one brother came home the next day from Las Vegas and said, where are her cigarettes? I said, oh, I threw them away. Oopsie. But I did buy a birthday cake and it was nobody's birthday. 
and I didn't have any writing put on, but I did have extra flowers, and it was delicious, and I shared it with anybody who wanted some, and we ate that all weekend, and it was, a, uh, it was lovely. Uh, but anyway, the point is, I don't have to fear the next moment if I'm present in this moment. And I've asked this question before when I've had lots of people here in, in person to say, do you devote more time each day to worry or gratitude? And most people I know, they devote plenty of time to worry. I know people who sleep with the news on. I know, I know people who are, are projecting, oh, okay, well, this is fine, but what about tomorrow? And it's like, place your faith in God the good. Give yourself to God the good. And there won't be thoughts of tomorrow. There won't be thoughts of lack for tomorrow. There won't be thoughts of uh, in harmony for tomorrow. If you show up today to uh, heal any unharmony, then what is there to fear for tomorrow? Uh, if you show up today for health and well-being, what is there to fear for tomorrow? If you show up today for your prosperity, what is there to fear for tomorrow? See, respect, not fear. Respect. I'm going to read this last thing about fear, and then we'll talk about respect a little more. And this comes from 1 Peter chapter 4 in the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. Verse 1 through 6, and it says, Man walks in fear without knowing what it is that he is fearing. He makes decisions to avoid his fear, only he cannot turn away from that which he cannot see, because he is blind to it. It follows him because it follows him. He can, oh, let me see. Because he is blind to it, it follows him. Because it follows him, he continues to run and hide. Fear is a misperception. It is a misperception because there is no thing to fear. What man runs from is his imagination. And in his running, he imagines more. And this is what Jesus taught as a man from the cross. There is no fear. There is no thing to fear. This is the lesson you have become ready to accept. To live without fear is to live without imagining. This is to stay in the now and in the heart of true desire. By keeping the mind in the now and in the true purpose of know thyself, there is no imagining, and so there is no imagining of fear. Whenever fear seems to come over you, ask, what am I doing now? You will see that you are imagining and that you are imagining fearfully. Remind yourself that in imagining fearfully, you are creating your own misperception. Be willing to let go of this activity, and the action of creating fear is let go by you. So, if we are letting go of imagining, are we, uh, how do we get to respect and honor and uh, living in the present moment? I began to do it by declaring, I am a beloved being of God. 
I am a beloved being of God. Now I had to ask myself, do I believe that? Do I believe I am a beloved being of God? And it's not that God is somewhere in the sky thinking, oh, I just love that Sean. My teachers taught me that God couldn't not love me because God is love itself. And so I no longer had to fear whether or not God would love me based on my behavior. So I no longer had to fear my behaviors. It wasn't about that. My uh, behaviors began to fall away as I was no longer worried about tomorrow. You know, if one is not worried about lack tomorrow, one doesn't need to steal anything today. And there are covert ways and overt ways to steal. But if I, when I respected today, I saw these, there is plenty for today. And I began to look at today and I thought, well, is there enough to eat? Well, yes, there is. Do I have at least one friend today? Yes, I do. Can I call that friend now? Well, yes, I can. Well, you know, can, do I get, can I get rest today? Well, yes, I can. Is, is you know, I, I began to discover my needs, not just my wants, my needs were being met abundantly. And it was a great feeling, and it brought me such confidence. And it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not afraid of anything. I've gone in and out with that over the years, but when I first began to see, oh, I don't have to try to fill a void. There is no void. There is love. There is no void. I am sated. There is no void because every good thing that I could possibly need, plus there's an abundance of what I want, right here and right now. So I'm not going to look for what's not here of what I want. I'm not going to plan for an absence of good for tomorrow or even an hour from now because we all have the arguments that yeah, but, well, yeah, but, yeah, but. Yeah, but I am, I am set for today. I no longer need my parents to have given me a, what we would call, good or healthy childhood. I have a good and healthy adulthood right now. I no longer need someone to apologize to me to compensate for what they did before. I have all that I need right now. I am loved. I am loved beyond imagining right now. I no longer need to be compensated for when there appeared to be lack because I have an abundance of good right here and right now. I no longer need, I no longer need, I have, within my experience, I have all the good that I need and I have an abundance of stuff I want. And so, I shall look within today and interrupt any thoughts that tell myself, I don't have what I need. I will look within and see where I have an abundance of God, an abundance of life, an abundance of truth, an abundance of wisdom, an abundance of the world. 
because I have a source that I am connected to and can't disconnect from in truth. Several years ago, I asked David, David Friedman, those of you who don't know him, to rewrite the song, How Great Thou Art. Because I felt in the original, there was a sense of the absence of good, or that there was too much blood. There was just too much blood in the original, and I didn't care for that. And I called him one day, I said, would you rewrite this? Would you rewrite this beautiful song that inspires me so much? And about 20 minutes later, he sent me three new verses. He replaced the last three verses. And I asked Kenneth to sing it today. Because we know Kenneth has the chops, as it were, to sing, How Great Thou Art. <laughs> and uh, Kenneth comes from that background <laughs> to sing these kind of songs. And so I just as you go through your day, remember, respect, not fear. How shall I respect my life and all beings in it? How shall I respect my experiences and all beings in it? How shall I respect places, institutions, events, so that I may know how to think about them because I will no longer have any misperceptions. Today, I have a correct perception of my source that I call God, and it's abundant love for me. Thank you, everybody.